feeling bulletproof today, Craig? I'm feeling very bulletproof today. You, Although I don't want to be shot to be tested. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to figure that out. Yeah, you've been go, you've been traveling a lot lately, which is which is good. I know you do that a lot in the summer, which which is how you set up your whole year is to kind of prepare for that with your kids and your family, and you know you you grind it and then you go and then you go travel. And you've been what? You've been Aspen, Scotland, and Italy. Yeah, I've been away away quite a bit. And we were talking earlier, Peter. It's kind of like well, we just did a tell- podcast with share with Richard from Shared Practices, and we were talking about this a little bit. But go ahead. Yeah, it's just you know, at a certain point, to recognize whether you have a business or not, you have to leave it alone for a while. And just like teaching a kid how to ride a bike, you have to let go of the seat. Oftentimes, it's quite scary when <laughs> what you find but at a certain point you have to let it go there's no real litmus test for what you have until you depart it i've got great qualified people and in many ways it, it does you know in some ways better without me it's nice to be there but it's also nice to extricate yourself i've taken a lot of advice from you peter you've entirely extricated yourself although you don't physically move out of the state you could i mean when's the last time you were really stepping into the practices and doing things in there it might have been months so kudos to you for um, showing me the four minute mile. Well, I think you're right. I think you're right. Basically, I, I had to pressure test it and say, like, do I have a job or do I have a business? And I probably went to the extreme and said, like, let me figure out a way to orchestrate myself physically out of that operation, which then, you know, honestly, there's some psychological things that mess you up with that, Craig. If And you will experience this, meaning if you get back from being gone, let's say three months, and all of a sudden now your practice is doing far better, people are far happier than when you were gone, kind of as a gut punch a little bit to you, like, as opposed to you should feel proud because you set up the infrastructure and the scaffolding to do that. But there is sometimes like, wait a second, no one really needs me here anymore. And I kind of went through that. that permutation, right? Like my team, quote unquote, doesn't need me. I operate from afar because you, as much as you say, you shouldn't be the nucleus of all things. Sometimes you like to be the nucleus of all things, right? It makes you feel important. Like who doesn't like to feel important? So I'm just telling you, get prepared that uh, you get when you're doing better, when you get home, don't take it personally. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. That, that'd be a, a great a great outcome is that oh, things work great without you. I mean, but uh, listen, for me, you know, I get a lot of nourishment and I love my people. And I love being around them. So I'm looking forward to getting back. Uh, it was funny, bittersweet leaving, actually, because I knew I'd be gone for so long. Um, I was really kind of I said, like, I, I went back in the building like three times to say goodbye to people like you say goodbye already. Get out of here. But uh, oh, yeah, when you were leaving. Yeah, it was funny. I didn't really want to, you know, I think there's a saying it's like and there were many times in my life where i couldn't do that or i felt i couldn't do that and so it's been a long process actually and you know as dentists i think you know you know we talk about this that there's a lot of guilt or shame in our profession i think this is another area it presents itself as like well i have to be in the office because people need to me right like it's not and um you know, and then you, and you never take vacation, especially when you're solo provider. Remember back in the days when you were like, when you were the only provider, you didn't take vacation. And I always told people, I said this at our last summit, I was like, I didn't take a vacation for seven or eight years, mainly because I was riding by myself. And if I took a vacation, it meant that everyone was closed. Everything was closed. There was, it wasn't just that, that we didn't make money, but it was also the opportunity cost of not making money. Right. Oh, like, but you're spending money. So spending, you you're spending, not vacation, making, yeah. you're not telling your hygienist to take a one month vacation. So you're spending money on your vacation and you're spending money keeping your office open without generating revenue. So it's a double mm-hmm. cost. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Yeah. My father said he never went away on a vacation. As you know, he's a dentist. He's like, I was always fearing like the broken temporary or whatever. And that I think that, caught, that could causes burnout. I mean, your, your father yeah. loves dentistry and, and seems to be unburnoutable. 
but still practicing. But I think that contributes to the narrative of I'm burnt out. I'm too tired of dentistry, you know, is not taking these scheduled breaks that you, that is necessary for humankind, not just yeah, the the Europe, being in Europe for so long and talking to so many different people there. It's just such a better way of life. I know we have a lot more opportunity in America. Mm-hmm. We're, we're capitalistic and we can go from, you know, son of a shoemaker to a Jeff Bezos or whatever, but, and there they don't have the access to capital and things like that, but they do have four and six weeks of paid vacation. And I was interacting with a guy in Copenhagen who's a medical doctor, he's a cardiologist, and it's such a difference. You're not going to, you know, make the money that we make, but then again, they don't have the mass shootings and the antidepressants and all that stuff that mm-hmm. we have. So I think the balance is somewhere in between, not quite them and not quite yeah, us. I was going to say, especially for people who want to hustle and, and love that flow. You know, like we were just talking about in the podcast with Richard from Shared Practices, like there are some people who just know who they are. Like they want to hustle. They, they love, they love swimming like a shark upstream and attacking things. Um, so that would probably, the European model would probably not be good for, what have you been learning whenever you, tra- when I say that is whenever I travel, I seem to be able to learn about things that potentially I wouldn't have had structured in my meaning long plane rides, or I'm having a little more time alone or things like that, 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 um, so what is, what is on your mind these days? Well, I think perspective is always really valuable. So I think what you're talking about is just getting away from your daily life and, and um, seeing it from afar. I think what I've learned is that I really like my life back home. And uh-huh. you want family time, and I, I wanna be able to be there for my wife and children, but it's also really important for me. My work life fulfills a lot of my needs, personal needs. I actually feel less, potentially less fulfilled and less complete without my work life, which is interesting. You know, I think that. No, it fulfills you. That doesn't, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound, um, like, but there's a little bit of guilt in that, you know, does that mean I don't, you know, like, Oh, I mean, you don't love you. Yeah. You know, like being with your, my wife and my children 24 hours a day for weeks on end, it's like, okay, there needs to be some separation here. And I think what I've learned, and I've been talking about this a lot recently is a lot of people are struggling with this work-life balance or like, you know, maybe you're a female dentist and you're struggling. Am I a mom or am I a mompreneur? Am I a dentist? What role do I have? And I think it's really important to collapse all of your identities and realize you're being a great mother by being, or a great father by being a productive member of society. You don't have to just be there for every single baseball game and sit and dote on your children. You can actually be a great father by being a great role model. In between the break of going to Europe and now in Aspen, well, we get a half of work and my daughter came into work with me and was doing sterilization and shredding documents and stuff like that, minimum wage type stuff. But it was really good for her and our relationship really improved when she saw my work identity. She had a whole nother level of respect for me. Mm. So it was really, really interesting. It actually was exercise, but I'm not, if anything, I'm just missing my life a bit, which is what I want. I think you should go away to have appreciation for your life. Yeah. If you don't have a context, right. Then how do you know? And so that, that is great. I, I think that's a, I think that speaks volumes and, and that's what you want to do. Like you don't want to have to take a vacation from your life to quote unquote, a vacation from your life because you know, it, that's, it, that's the one constant. It does take a little bit of time though, just some advice that I would like to tell you as well. It's like the first week it's like, ah, relaxation, you know, or if you have a one week vacation, you're, you're enjoying yourself, but you're also focused on the impending return date in four or three days. So at two weeks, it's a long time at three weeks. You're like, what, what is my purpose here? You know, like, what am I actually doing? Like, this is not normal. And so I I took a three week vacation. I think my first one was um, maybe six or seven years ago. 
And I remember going to morning huddle the day I got back, like, thank God I've got you guys. Thank God I've got something to come back to. Because like, you, you know, start to feel really, it's an interesting feeling. So here's, I'm going to take a hard pivot, but I think what the exercise that you just said, I always recommend when someone tells me like, I'm going to go sell my practice and sit on the beach. And like, that's what I want to do. Like, I, I want to do the Corona and sit there and blah, blah, blah. And so I say, look, before you decide to do this, you, look, you do whatever you want to do. It's your business, your practice, do whatever you want to do. But before you do that, have you ever taken a vacation longer than a week? Typically, the answer is no. Okay, so I encourage you, take a month off before you make this draconian move of selling your practice. I encourage you, go go try this out for size. Grab a, a case of Coronas, get your beach chair, and do it for a month on end. Because a week, it'll feel great. Two weeks, it starts to feel like, hmm. Three weeks, you might, may start getting bored. Four weeks, you may say, I miss what I just sold, right? There, so there must I, be something about the human brain, Peter. I think the way our brains work and the, the decision process that we start the machine of our brain working towards a decision and then we mm -hmm. blind ourselves to the other thing we just left. And now it's like effort justification where we're constantly reinforcing our own internal monologue and we go so far. So like everything in life is micro adjustments. There's two or three millimeter shifts I on a daily. Agree. And the problem is in your own mind, by the time you process, you are like 15 miles from where you're supposed to be. And then it's almost like you're just a ping pong ball bouncing back and forth only to set or that, or that ball that swings back and forth just to settle. The back micro corrections is, I think you nailed it, right? Like these big swinging movements where it's, I own hundred percent and now I own 0%, right? It's like, Whoa, why didn't you just look for, for something where you had to invest, you know, like there could have been a micro movement in there, but I agree. I, I see this in dentistry a lot. I think I've been guilty of it myself time to time, just thinking about that process. What else have you been kind of I have a, a good talent that's like, I can really kind of disengage from everything for better or for worse. Cause I know that when I get back, I'll just pick up all the pieces. Everything's kind of on hold for me. You know, as far as business wise, I've got two new doctors that started this past week, which I've never brought in a new doctor to start when I wasn't there. So it's a very interesting like process to have that level of delegation. Yeah. It's, I built the team that I want to have and I'm excited about just coming back and seeing how it all fell into place. I'm going to read an interesting email that we got, and I'm not going to mention names, but it was funny. You and I got this email and, and we love feedback from people. And 99% of the time, Greg, it is, it is good. Like, thank God you saved this. You did this. I just want to thank you for the content you put out 99% of the time. This one was a little bit more of, I don't really understand what it was, but I want to read it because I, I like to step in front of things like that. You think that's a good idea? Please go for it. Listening. Okay. All right. So the message goes, Hey, you two have been recently broadcasting about your investment acumen. Peter, in a recent podcast, Craig asked you how we get out of a bond in, a bond inverted curve. You had no answer. What do we need to do to reverse this? This talking point about the inverted curve has been talked about from many. And many just parrot this and don't tell us what our economy has to do to reverse this. Please talk about the solution on the next podcast. You two are very good, but recently you have gotten off your original charge and in my opinion are floundering a bit, beating your chest like a gorilla. Oh God, I didn't know you were going to read this. Yeah, listen, man. If a dentist spent 20 plus years in our profession, one can be very successful as you've become. Bring it down to a more humble discussion. Craig, let your guests talk instead of telling us about each of you in the podcast. You're oh, great. God. But we Peter, don't why do we have to talk? I don't care. Hey, listen, there's a really easy thing to do, whoever this is. It's a button on the upper left or right side of your screen. 
unsubscribe. Well, it's fine. Okay. No, okay. because listen, Peter, I'm, I'm just telling you, if you knew the answer to how to reverse the economy, right. all I'm, all we're saying, and we've been saying this for a really long time, and many have listened, is there's a darker, more, a slower growth period coming. So this was my segue. This was, yeah. look, you nailed it. I didn't really want to talk about the email, even though I thought it was interesting, you know, because I was thinking the same thing. If I had well, the answers, you think I would have a podcast and I, mean, I would be the world's most foremost economic right. professor. It was a segue into as since you've been gone, Craig, not that we're going to beat our chest like gorillas, but there has been another negative GDP print, which means technically we are now in the recession that you and I have been talking about forever. Right. And it's not us talking about our financial acumen. It's just get ready just in case. So I was asking you questions about what have you been learning about? And as you know, like I'm kind of like a pseudo macroeconomist. I, I like it. And I think that's driven from my, the fact that it affects crypto so heavily. And that's gotten me interested in it. I've been following Patrick Bet David a lot, who, who I know he's, he's your patient and he's been on our podcast, even though I blew it. See, there's some humility right there. I blew it. You didn't um, You're the one who got him on the podcast, brother. Right. And that was before he was your patient, right? Long before you're like, who is this? BBD. I was like, dude, he's badass. Right I now, saw him. I saw him at the breakers. He's such, and he's blowing up like as kind of a different, you know, I'd say he's blowing up, not competing with like the likes of Tony Robbins, but I think he, he just has great interviews. Like he interviewed Kobe and like, he just has all these amazing interview interviews. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. Humble and, and brilliant. Humble and comes from, you know, is not American born. So he really appreciates the, the opportunities in America. Anyway. So, where I'm going with this, Greg, is that I have been learning about, you know, kind of other people's takes on what what to do. Because to this point of this email, like that's great. Beat your chest and tell us it's coming, but give some action items. Give give like some things that you can do to circumvent this. And so I watched this. I subscribed to watch a market webinar that Patrick Bed David or PDB uh, PBD. PDB is my initials, actually. So that I get and, and P Diddy right? is um, Sean Puffy. No, PBD, Peter Dawson Bolton or Patrick. So I get those initials because no, everyone I calls know. him. I just make Peter, sure there's a P Patrick is that David. And so I listened to the whole thing, and it was like, what do you what what are the steps to do in any market crash? And so I think that's where Patrick but David shines is that he gives instead of saying like kumbaya hold your hands he's like do these things do these things learn this go about this go talk to this person like he gives you actionable things to go do and what i thought was very interesting about this is as it related to bulletproof um um there were so there were some things kind of that is related to dentistry right right there's probably there's going to be a market crash but you need to monetize your fear um, it's good. Sometimes market crashes are good because they over leverage the, the people who have been over leveraged in the market. They get washed out. Um, but one of the things he, he spoke about was like, get in a group, get in a community that supports you because anyone can make money in a bull market. And I'm, I'm going back to now dentistry. So I encourage people as if we, we talked about this, I think Craig, my parting words to this past mastermind class was like, look, if you're leaving and not continuing on to a second year, which many people were, um, I said, here's what you want to do. Find a group where you can continue to have discussions, where you stay accountable, where you feel safe. Because if you look back, remember the first one we talked about, Craig, when we, we had uh, the COVID crisis hit and my God, like it, that was the value of having the group was being able to say like, holy shit, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to go, I'm going to get in a group and we're all going to talk about this. I almost think you need a group when times potentially get tough, when the winter is coming, when the COVID has come. Oh, for sure, man. Like, for sure. Well, look, look at the last podcast we had. It. 
you actually don't need it in the bull market. But right. That, so I thought that was really great. Great that that Patrick was saying like find yourself in a group of like-minded people who want what you want, who want success for you. Um, um, and I, just, I don't know. I just thought well, it was. Well, a, let let me just go back to the. Uh, you know, now now you got me thinking about that guy who had the interesting remarks from for what I said. But let's let's go back to the last podcast because the last time you and I had a more in-depth conversation. The canary in the coal mine. The bottom it was the dental intel guys. The bottom fifteen percent got worse during COVID, significantly worse, mm -hmm. and the top fifteen percent expanded. So it is it it's your psychology. It's the it's the people in the room that predicate your future, um, and it's there's no better you know time than when the when a bull market's coming, bear market's coming, and winter's coming. There are creative ways to do this. That market share that's going to be lost by the bottom performers will flow to somebody. It's going to flow to the top level people. But as far as like you know when 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 september came around and everybody said inflation's gonna be transitory and you know it was literally a year ago almost a year ago and they're like this is not really going to happen this is just transitory it's supply chain inflation's not really happening they're still denying it today we were saying the same thing in september and had you you know for those in the mastermind who refinanced their buildings two and a half three percent i mean that is uh, yeah. an unbelievable move. We did. Remember, we I told did everyone it, to do that. It. Yeah, we yeah. we went through the process. We were like refi now because it's cheap, cheap, cheap money. And if you had yeah. done it, you saved hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your loan. And so many people didn't even know it was interesting. They they didn't really even know what their rate was. And but it, also, and it, this there's still a good time now, Peter. I think that <laughs> even though when you say, "Oh my God, interest rates are at six percent, seven percent." There's still for for businesses. I don't know if, about buying your your dream house right now, but historically these are these are still low interest rates. They're going to get worse. It's going to get higher. Inflation's not going to be curbed that quickly, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe you know there is a new Inflation Reduction Act, Craig. Yeah, it includes like sending money overseas. I know that. Yeah, well, here it is, right More here. More printing you press. See, you can see how I've got it. I've got the uh, the highlights here. That it talks about it's a 739 billion dollars um act and it it's interesting how it talks about it, it has nothing to do with inflation quite honestly it's a deficit reduction to fight inflation which the deficit the inflation hasn't been caused from our deficit <laughs> right but it's been caused it's been by caused printing printing of print, new right. right so we're going to spend more print more money Right. No, we're not spending it. We're printing more money in order to relieve inflation, which will work out marvelously. Yeah, it's going to work out great. It's going to work out great. great. Are you, uh, if, you, you want to know my... how, if you want to see a good example of how government works, go to the DMV and change your address or get a new license. That's the that's going to be how this Inflation Reduction Act is going to work. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to come back to I've got this slide up and uh, hopefully you can see it, but it, where I'm showing you these 10 steps that he, that that Patrick but David talk about and when he how it, it's titled make millions during a market crash and market crash he's talking about a recession and so he had hundreds of thousands of people sign in for this kind of webinar um but he actually gave like here's the 10 things so this is like the last few minutes of the um the presentation and so I I showed with you number four where it says strength in numbers um but I think these are all really good good tactics or things to think about as it relates to your practice, right? So would you allow me, if someone's listening to this, would you allow me to just to kind of walk through these real quick? I won't explain them, but I want to at least list them so people have context. Number one is monetize fear. Number two is the lazy, the arrogant, and the overleverage will be filtered out. Number three, become bankable. Number four, strength in numbers. Number five, create a cause your company can rally behind. 
Number six, cut the fat. Number seven, find your running mates, which relates pretty much back to number four, in my opinion, Craig. Uh, number number eight is double down on positive distractions. And number nine is equip your team with, with, pos- with all possible audibles. And then 10, which you can't see on this screen, is increase your level of urgency, meaning like you need to act now is what he was saying. Um, do you see any of those that are jumping out at you, Craig, in terms of anything to, to relate back to our, the, the business of our practices? Well, I, I see it all as just psychology. Um, so I was around just like you were during the um, economic downturn of 2008 and the psychology and, and how people believed how bad it was going to be and made moves in preparation for a downturn. Mm-hmm. And I've seen other people that didn't listen to the news and expanded. I mean, I was really proud. And from 2008 to nine and 10, there were, those were years I was going 45 and 70% per year. There were things that I did like, you know, take over, you know, buy another practices records during that time. It's easy right now. And I think people have been lured into this false sense of entrepreneurial skills because they, they, they've expanded so aggressively over the last, you know, three and five and seven years. So when the playing field is favorable, like it is, everybody gets a false sense of their abilities. So there is a little bit of like, Hey, if, if you haven't been doing really well these three to five years, you have to pay even more attention. And if you have been doing really well these last three to five years, it's not because you're so great. And I, I, I at one point felt like I was, you know, like uh, the Jeff Bezos of dentistry, only getting my yeah. ass handed to me. Yep. Yeah. It's that everyone, yeah, it goes back to that. You know, people think they are geniuses in bull market. I mean, in the past, in the past 10 years, actually the past 13 years, you could have thrown a dart at the stock market, pick it a stock. 14 years. 14, 14 years, Peter. We've had an economic expansion for 14 years. We skipped two downturns that we should have had. We should have had rece- recessions are important. Downturns are important. It always happens. We're just well, it's a cleansing. It's a cleansing process. But like right. a lot of times, people there. You know, I know. I actually know several people who made a lot of their wealth in 2009. Right? People get scared. They drop things, and so other people. That's who what's going to happen now. Pick things that's, up. That's what's going to happen now. I think more dentists, and more business people are going to go and become you know millionaires or drive yeah. their, their worth up by tens of millions over the next three years than over the last five. And it's going to be a big shakeout. You'll see who was real and who wasn't. Like we talked about at Summit, Craig, I think that the messages or the, or the narrative that you hear around you dictates your actions in your life. Meaning people who listen to, I'm not going to get into politics, but say Fox News versus MSNBC. I'm, I'm saying like the groups that you that you listen to um, will dictate a lot of your actions. So surround yourself with people who are saying, I can't wait. Look at all this opportunity versus woe is me. What's going to happen? Like I'm going to add another zero to my net worth kind of people in this downturn versus the people who say, holy shit, we're going to get wiped out and this is going to be terrible. Run, 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 run and cover. Um, that's, I mean, that's, I think- that's been like one of the big secrets to yours and, and my um, individual success is being in the right circles, Peter. It's always about being in the right circles. You know, if you're in the wrong circle with anything, if you have, you know, friends that are, you know, unhealthy and fighting with their spouses, it's going to be hard on you as well. It's, there's peer pressure adds a lot to this. So, um, you know, the, the people that uh, you choose to hang out with is super important. It really is. 
Really is. I'm leaving this slide up just because I think it's it's uh, especially people looking at this on YouTube can kind of see um, sees kind of the steps of what I had to go through the two hour presentation to get to, which was which still good. It was still good listening to PDB talk, PBD talk, I should say. Um, yeah, that's good, bud. That's good. So you know, I think it, things to. I just want to leave a couple tactical things for people as we go. Oh through wow, this. Greg's going these, tactical. Yeah, it's, it, I must not be feeling well. It must be the altitude out here. So one of the things to think about is sending letters out to the people in your communities. You know, if you have, if you belong to a study club, if you have friends in in your community that are dentists, colleagues, you can actually send a letter, take them to lunch, check in with them because there yeah. might be, and there might be people who are really worried about what's going to happen. And if they're so worried and they're not making that three millimeter shift and they're going 15 miles, I got to sell everything, you know, obviously encourage them and try to try to be a resource for them to stay put in their position and weather the storm. But if they're not and they really want to make, you know, create some action, there's possibilities to merge practices into your practice or combine. Yeah. If you think about building a new location and you might be taken off more than you can chew, there's a possibility to bring other people in that might be being scared. There's a lot of things that can well, be. Well, that's done. a very abundant mentality with local study clubs. And here's why I get scared about local study clubs. They're great for learning and being exposed to things. But lots of times as dentists, we're just we're just humans. It's a zero sum game, meaning that if I do if you're doing really well, that means that I have to be doing bad because I'm in the same community as you. So you operate from a very abundant mentality, Craig, and you're saying, hey, check in on people and learn and maybe there's some merger opportunities and there's some things. But a lot of times, and I know people are shaking their head as listening to it, that that study clubs are maybe they they on the on the offset, it's like, hey, let's come together and all learn. But really, in the back end, it's like, I really want to do better than you kind of thing. You're yeah, in my town. I don't. Uh, so, so case in point, I had this dentist. Her name is Orly. Really, really, I've known her forever. She just left her job. Um, wasn't you know philosophically going the right way. They split up, and I'm putting her together with my competition. So there's a guy in my town that I know is nearing retirement age. Awesome provider, fee for service practice, 1.8 million dollars a year. I'm like, call him up. She said, Well, what do you say? I'm like, I'll call him for you because I just think a you know if we can help each other. And maybe it's just my delusion or I live in some alternate universe, but I want to see them kick butt. And if I create a good relationship between those two, it may just be great for them or maybe it can come back to me, but just trying to elevate dentistry. And that's the spirit of that type of even in your own town, you're saying even in my own town. So yeah. doctors, that's rare. Probably, yeah, but the, I'm doing that. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they're probably three miles away from me. Yeah. So if the spirit of the letter is like, hey, during these challenging and uncertain times, or this not letter, but conversation, you know, you know, we all know a winner's coming. I want to be a resource, you know, if you guys want to get together and strategize. It could just be that. It's like not, hey, Dr. Jones, want to hang it up and call it quits? Well, I'll right, take right, you over right. and cannibalize your business. It's like, why not create something where like we can get together and have weekly, monthly get togethers? And that could raise it. Then you'll start seeing who's in your tribe and who's not. Um, coming full circle you can't have if, if someone really disagrees with you that's a good thing because that means you stand for something you have to have outsiders to have insiders and meeting with those people and having philosophical discussions about their business will set will show you who your tribe is i know instantly when i'm in the wrong group i just have to get out there's no more feeling of being alone when you're in the wrong company it's better to be alone with yourself than being with a bunch of people who make you feel like you're alone <laughs> I, I had to process that for a second. It's better to be yeah. alone yourself than it is to be with people who make you feel alone. Right. Because when I you're get that with, right. 
I don't remember. I forgot what I said. But if you're with seven people who are like talking about how bad things are, you really feel oh, like it makes you feel worse. I see. You're like, what? Am, where am I? Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it makes you feel super alone. And it's um, so I just think there's there's unique opportunities. And to, to loop this back fear, in, the reason I went down this this pathway, Craig, um, was be, a reading that email and then getting to Patrick Pitt David is I think that it's going to go back into your wheelhouse of your vision, meaning the interest rates should not define if, if, if you're wanting to expand or you're wanting to do something or you're wanting to build new office or you're wanting to do whatever, an interest rate shouldn't define your plan. Right. But you say this, of course not. But many people, myself included, have looked at me like, huh, maybe I'll pause until I figure out what's going on. But if your pull is so strong, then the interest rates don't matter. And like you said, contextually, we've had interest rates as high as 20%, you know, in the the, and tax rate. And by the way, tax rates for the upper bracket is high as 90%. That was news to me. I didn't right. know that during Carter, the top tax rate over 400,000 had a 90% rate. Yeah. Like, so, so we've been sloshing around in good times of like yeah, free money for so times. long that it feel that 5% seems, oh, it seems aggressive. I'm going to pause. You've got, I'm going to pause. <laughs> right. But look at, look at how many things are working against you. If you enjoy or watch a full YouTube video about winners coming, the YouTube algorithm will give you more winners coming. You better crawl in a hole and die. So Mm -hmm. it's not even your friend circle. It's the algorithms and the bots that are actually going to feed you more than narrative you watched. So your, your YouTube feed looks very different from Peter's for those that are listening. And and I also just want to circle back to the comments that are made, you know, listen, we, this podcast is designed to help. And, you know, when you go out in front, whether you're a podcaster or you're leading a team, you're going to get arrows in your back and you just have to take those arrows and keep moving forward. If I listen to every negative comment, whether it's from someone that loves me or someone that doesn't love me, I would do nothing, say nothing and be nothing. And the challenge to the people that are listening is you have to provide value and you have to believe in the value you're doing no matter what feedback you get. Howard Schultz was shit on for so long that he persisted. He created Starbucks. I'm not trying to compare Peter or myself to Starbucks because, you know, we're not here to, to, to take over the world of, uh, of dentistry, but we're here to add value. And, um, you know, I, I just, that, those types of comments do not bother me whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think they probably bother me more just because I'm, I get hypersensitive, but I, I think it's a good point to just say is like, look, you and I came together, not because we thought we had it all figured out. There are some things that we've gotten our ass kicked enough. We're like, Hey, this works and this doesn't. And let's share that. But if you're, we are not the, the, there's so many permutations of how you could be an entrepreneurial growth minded dentist that we don't have all the answers for it. We talk about our experiences. We talk about things that we can do in the context of things that have worked or haven't worked for us. And that's it. Full stop. It is yeah, not history, the history, Bible will prove, on, history will prove it right. Right. You know? Right or wrong. So, so like, you know, when we were saying, you know, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. I just think that um, the most important thing is wh- while the narrative is dark, if you if you believe in what you're doing, there's no better time to do it than now. Yeah, right. I, I think waiting for that right inch. I think there's things about the housing. Like if you love this house, and you know, I would be cautious to invest in a house right now, potentially right. in certain markets. 
Unless because, you're going to live in it forever. Who cares? Right. Cause you just wait until you get refinanced. I actually posted that on, on, on. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really the same anyway. Right. Cause you pay more and you have a higher or you pay less and have a higher interest rate or pay more and have a lower interest rate. It's always the well, same. I posted this on our mighty networks, right? I was saying, isn't this interesting? Yes. Yes. We're, we're dissuaded from the fact that there are higher interest rates, but guess what? I can go and, and I lock, I can lock in 30 year money at let's say when it, when it, when interest rates were good, let's call it two and a half percent. I can lock well, it in. Well, they're good now though. So, and okay. Yeah. Well, all right. So just bear like, with me. It, it's a rigged game in our favor. Here's where I'm going with this. And I was saying, it's interesting that like I can lock it in and I can say, I want a 30 year mortgage bank. And as long as I keep making payments and do that, I am locked in at that amount. But for me, the bank doesn't have that same reciprocity, meaning that as soon as interest rates Let's say I let's say I was at seven percent. The bank doesn't get to lock it me in for thirty years at seven percent. As soon as interest rates are good, I can refinance and change the arrangement of that thing, right? So it's not a fair game. Meaning I can lock in cheap money for thirty years, but they can't lock in expensive, quote unquote, expensive money on my end for thirty years. I can refinance. So it's a rigged game, and it's just saying in in our favor a little bit. Well, so don't let, it, don't let it be an impediment. Don't let it be an impediment to your going back to the, the, the mission, the growth, the vision. If, if that's the plan, don't let, don't let temporary interest rates, if they are temporary, be an impediment to your plan. Because as soon yeah, as they I mean, go that, back into your favor, you can refinance. That's a, that's yeah. a good gig. That's a good that, gig. That's, to un, that's understanding business. Because when you understand business, everything's in your favor, including the tax code. It's a 6,000 page document that, you know, the first 20, 30 pages tell you how to pay your taxes and the rest, how to take advantage of the loopholes, you know, or incentives mm -hmm. as are really known. So business acumen, and if you're surrounded by it, you realize how to make the system work for your advantage. The government actually does not need your money. They need your innovation. They need your buying. They need your hiring. That's what it's really about. So yeah. I, I think that the same thing that goes, it's, it's this Unfortunately, we live in a time where financial illiteracy is so extremely high. I know we work, we're working with dentists who, who have like literally four and seven years of postgraduate education, and they know nothing about this stuff. And it's really unfortunate. So if we could advance the needle just by opening the conversation, um, that, that's, I think, a good thing. Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess in, we'll wrap it here because I know you I need to go on a hike and, and, and live your life, live your best life out there in Aspen. Um, but I want to say that I'm, I'm a little bummed. Our, our mastermind, uh, came to a close, but, um, at the same time, I'm really excited because we're having a new one starting in September and, um, and we get to go through, you know, now the new stuff, the pathway again, but now with new context and more information and more people on board, you know, and, and, and um, some three Peters, by the way, three Pete, three Pete's, three Pete's, right? So first attendees of the first one, attendees of the second one, and now attendees of the third one, which is cool. And I know that we we have left it. At first, we left some. We had some impediments to people joining by an application process, and it was really just to make sure it's a good fit that we could provide what someone was looking for. But it actually is still open because we found some interesting things in that process. And honestly, we didn't get the chance to talk about it that much at Summit, Craig. So, if you are at all interested in getting in a group. Um, I think it's important. I think it'll be more important than ever. If you're interested in getting in a group, um, check it out at bulletproofmastermind.com. It's going to be open. Um, I believe we're starting September one is the, uh, or, or maybe September 8th is going to be our yeah, first. So basically thing. a little over a month to enroll. Yeah. And for those that are thinking they have it all figured out, but want to jumpstart their team, 
Um, we've had masterminders in the past just say, I've joined because of the office manager and hygiene benefits and they've reaped massive benefit. I so know Tish, away, Tish was, did that a lot yeah. you know, to speak of that. And he's, and I think he's joining again for that same and he, and he didn't join calls and there was no shame in that, but he did it for yeah. the, his, the benefit of his hygienist and office manager. He's like, dude, I'm getting so much value. Like, by proxy from what they yeah. are learning, right? It's amazing. You want to know the biggest kick in the groin too, Peter? You can have all the answers, but you have a third party come in and say the exact same that you thing you would say all the time, and <laughs> yeah. people actually take it. It's yeah. it's just so funny. Sounds I'm like not my to say wife. that. The, I like yeah, my wife. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was valuable. Awesome. It's valuable to have a hygienist tell you how to master your schedule. It's different from a, a consultant that's not a hygienist or you know someone that's actually walking the talk is huge. That's or an office idea. manager is actually practicing an office management with Erica. All right, buddy. We'll go enjoy your day. What time is it out there? It is 1.40 time enough, PM. To, enough for you to go out and get your ass kicked with your wife who can uh, yeah, well, she's hike, already done. hike you by 100 miles probably. Oh, yeah. No joke. She's a machine. That's awesome. She's a machine. I think I must stress her out, and that's why she takes all that physical exercise to release. <laughs> it works for her. Well, all right, buddy. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat. We'll chat later. Enjoy it. And um, for those of you listening, we'll see you next time on the Bulletproof Dental Practice Pod. Oh, and don't forget to contribute to the conversation on um, Bulletproof.Dental. If you haven't joined our Mighty Network, it's really awesome. Like we, this, Some of the things I was actually even talking about um, were some comments. Actually, what I did post, Craig, I posted a question, which I want to do next podcast with us. It's talking about things, things that you should and should not say in dentistry as it relates to things you say in front of a patient, as it relates to like magic burbage and enrollment. I think there's just some great terms that we need yeah. to get rid of. There's some great terms that you should use instead of X, you should say this in dentistry. And, you, and I think you're, you're, I don't know, the culture will increase. The enrollment will increase. People will not be scared. It, it'll make the experience better. You know, for sure. I mean, words um, define the experience. Yes. Yes. So sure. I've, I've been getting a lot of good feedback from that question about things to say, like, Mrs. Jones, you need a gross debridement. Like how many of us doctors have yeah. ever said that? You're saying I'm the gross? It, and at yeah. 1000% Craig, like that's just yeah. a little example, but 1000%, the patient doesn't question, did you just say I'm gross? But they just, all they heard was gross. And like this practice stinks. They just, Hey, by the gross. way, I want to, I want to add something to that podcast. If you don't mind, it's about self-talk as well. Uh, because oh. it's the words you choose in your practice and the words you choose to talk about yourself. Well, that may you be know? a long pod then, but no, it's simple, but Maybe I like, you know, one in part two, Maybe it's part yeah. one of the, of the external and tar part two in the internal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. 